Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. It's week two of the NFL season. Who cares? We finally have NHL hockey, albeit the preseason style. But it is great to be back in our United Center, somewhat echoey bunker here, surrounded by concrete blocks. Chris Bowden with you, your pregame postgame host on WGN Radio, as we welcome you into the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, as the pucks have finally dropped on the 2019-2020 season. As always, we have the Chelsea blogger, the NHL.com correspondent, Scott King, joining us here. And Scott, uh, on Sunday, as we record here after the training camp festival, highlighted by the scrimmage between almost all of the 55 Blackhawks on the roster that they brought to camp. Uh, it ended up in a rather resounding 5-1 win for the Reds. So if you want to get some idea and you weren't aware, Red included Jonathan Taves, Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom, Adam Boquist, the white team uh, highlighted by bobblehead boy today, Patrick Kane. But uh, it was a couple of other interesting players on that team too, Andrew Shaw, who got cheers throughout. But it was a rather resounding uh, one-sided 5-1 victory for Team Red. And what were some of your um, early impressions here now that we got to see? It's not total game-type atmosphere, but as we head into three exhibitions, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what were some of your impressions here before uh, a fairly full house? back here at the uh, at the madhouse yeah and i don't know if that score needs an asterisk because of the uh, the overtime after it was already three to one because I, I put five to one in our game blog chris for wgn and john Dietz looked over my shoulder kind of gave me a talking to saying that <laughs> that it should have just been three to one but but you're a rules breaker by name i'm a rules breaker i'm a veteran at this point but no it's always you know training camp festival and the red and white scrimmage it's always a really good way i think for everybody to kind of ease into the season you have i mean this year i think there's you know nine or ten forwards on the bubble who could who could be in the lineup and those guys are all battling for spots the veterans guys who came over and from a trade or are trying to get their their legs under them and, and get used to gameplay so a lot of fun for the fans they get cheap tickets to come uh, watch and they, they pack the house again i thought right away you know taves is there addressing the crowd and then Seemed like seconds later after puck drop, he has a breakaway and almost scores. I thought he was moving really well today, um, which we saw a lot of last year in his best season. Nylander had a nifty goal, and I was kind of watching him a little bit. I thought he looked pretty good on his skates. I thought his hands looked really good. Uh, and Mata, obviously, with a goal and an assist. And, you know, we knew he was going to be a defensive-minded defenseman, but some some nice mitts as well and some good offense from him. Yeah, and let's get into Nylander in particular. He was on that line with Jonathan Taves and Anton Vadin, who also scored a goal. And the hottest topic, I think, in our last couple podcasts of the offseason leading into this camp were the competition that was going to be taking place at forward. You know, some guys seven, eight, nine deep fighting for what are expected to be only two or three spots if everyone else remains healthy to open the season in Prague come October 4th. And Nylander, who came in with a somewhat head-scratching reputation as a former number 8 overall pick in the draft in 2016 by the Buffalo Sabres, 
Things did not go well for him in Buffalo. There was the controversial trade in some people's eyes of Henry Yoki Haru going to Buffalo in exchange for Alex Nylander, who you can tell he has all the skills in the world. And Jeremy Carlton said afterwards the biggest issue with him and part of the rap on him coming in here was the fact that he needs to play at the speed that he has when he does not have the puck. And you tweeted that out after the training camp scrimmage as well. And we got a chance to uh, catch up with Alex Nylander, myself, and some other reporters. Uh, after the training camp festival, his goal made it 3 uh, nothing. Um, I believe that one was on the penalty shot, correct? Yeah, he had... Uh, he had an, uh, another situation, but that whole line between Vadim, Jonathan Taves, and Alex Nylander uh, really was the one that kind of led the charge for Team Red in their 3-1-5-1 victory, whatever you want to call it. Uh, here's the newcomer, Alex Nylander, afterwards. Oh, I mean, it's been a, been a great uh, two weeks I've been here now, and it's been a, a lot of fun learning new things, playing with Taves, and um, trying to learn as much as possible from him. Uh, he's always been around in the league, and he's one of the best players in this league so I'm really fortunate to be playing with him and I'm just trying to learn and uh, try to find chemistry with him and uh, play good with each other. Whatever was on that last page in Buffalo how, how refreshing is it for you though to be able to turn that page and maybe get things going anew here? Oh I mean it feels great I'm uh, really excited uh, I was really happy uh, to be to be here and then this organization is uh, unbelievable so I'm just really looking forward to the start of the season and uh, play every, good every game now in training camp. No, just trying to work hard uh, every shift, uh, be consistent out there, and uh, just play my game, make plays, and uh, be good defensively as well. I think goals like today are kind of a good indication of your skill set. Yeah, I mean today was a it was a fun fun day. Uh, it was crazy fans out there. Uh, it was awesome to see them, and I was just trying to play my game, get ready for for training camp, play simple, and uh, find chemistry with my linemates. Are, are you, do you feel like you're competing for a spot, or are you trying to compete for a, a role within the roster? I mean, I'm just trying to do my best out here and uh, take whatever is given to me, and uh, just do good, play my game, and work hard every day, and uh, good things will happen. I think so. Just uh, been working hard, really, really hard this summer, and just trying to take all that with me from the past few years in Buffalo, and uh, just try to be the best player I can be. You feel healthy, healthier now than you've been the past few years. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've had a great summer training and uh, had a little bit of injuries last year, but uh, all that's really good now, and uh, I feel really good on the ice. And you seem like you're developing some chemistry and some good passes today. You feel like you're kind of fitting in more now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've had a good practice this year now, and starting a training camp and. Been playing with Taves and different uh, left wingers, and we just trying to find chemistry. I think we we have been doing it pretty good so far. How much does it help you to play with guys who, who have a really strong skill set? Like well, I mean, it helps a lot. He's obviously been around this league uh, for a lot, and he's like one of the best players in the league. So I'm just trying to learn as much as possible from him, and uh, obviously try to find chemistry because uh, he's he's an unreal player. Alex Nylander, you can almost hear a little bit of relief in his voice compared to the first couple of times we had a chance to talk to him when he was acquired, and then shortly thereafter when he committed to the uh, development camp in the middle of July, and uh, a nice start for him, but again, it's going to be a continuing narrative whether he can continue to play. No doubt that Playing with skill is going to help his opportunity. You don't see him if he makes the team as a third or fourth line guy. He's going to have to be up in the lineup, but he is going to have to earn it. And along those lines, you know, Scott and I talked a couple of times in the earlier podcast about this wonderful competition that is going to take place over these couple of weeks in earning the final couple of roster spots at the forward position. This thing goes, you know, 
six, seven, eight deep. And uh, Anton Vadin, the opposite winger on Jonathan Taves' line, he came up with an impressive goal, the second goal of the uh, morning or afternoon for Team Red. And at the opening of training camp on Friday, um, Stan Bowman met with the media for a number of topics, his uh, annual camp opening press conference. And we asked about him specifically about this competition at forward, and he says, one thing to be clear is it's not going to necessarily be a case where the guys who make the roster to begin the season, it doesn't mean that they're going to be up here for the entire season. They're going to have to continue earning it while those who fall a little short are going to continue to have to earning their stripes down in Rockford if that's where they begin. Here's the vice president and general manager on Friday at the opening of training camp on that subject. We have a lot of depth, a lot of players. We probably, you could make an argument that nine or ten guys could be on the team now that's not going to be the case so there's going to be some good players that don't start the season here but that's it's not to say that they won't be here two weeks later so although the beginning of the season is an important starting point for everybody um you know there's going to be some guys that have really good camps that that it's a numbers game because i think we have a lot more depth than we have had so it's going to bring out the competition in everybody i think it's going to force players to raise their game and then it gives us a lot of options. So there's going to be some players to start the season in Rockford who no doubt are going to play big roles on the team at some point. Could even be in October, could be in November. So, um, you know, we're, I think competition is good, though. It forces players to raise. Not everybody's able to do that, to raise their level and perform at a high level right away. Uh, but we want to see the guys who can. And, and then the challenge is maintaining yourself at that level just because you play the first few games of the year doesn't mean that you've made it forever um you know there's a group of players that we know they're going to be here all season but there's other players that are constantly trying to prove that they are the guy uh, and i think that competition is going to help our team and scott one thing jeremy Calton said after the the scrimmage on sunday was that when they do break camp here that exhibition game in boston is going to be the guys who are targeted for Rockford on uh, Saturday the 28th. By that time, the Blackhawks will have already flown overseas to prepare for their last exhibition um, in Berlin on Sunday the 29th. But Jeremy Carlton says whoever's in that final opening day roster mix, a couple of extra guys are going to be brought over to Berlin, and then they'll make a final decision after that preseason game, that final preseason game. Uh, those who fall short probably be sent back early. But this competition is on right now. And the real unfortunate thing is one guy we thought who was going to be in the mix here, Kirby Dock, suffered uh, or is in concussion protocol after being injured in that final Tuesday game of the Prospects Camp in Traverse City. So for now, he is out of the mix. And the longer he stays out, this is three straight days he hasn't been on the ice with his teammates, is I think no doubt going to hurt his cause. Um, we thought there could be a legitimate chance based on what he showed over the summer. But otherwise, it's like a bar fight going on between everyone else who is in this mix. And I thought in particular guys like uh, Nylander and Vadine who scored goals, and even Sorella who was on that red team, uh, in addition playing with, of course, Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit. Those are a couple of guys who impressed here. So uh, the battle is on. It's just unfortunate that the number three overall pick isn't going to be a part of this. Yeah, I agree. Those depth guys today that you named are really noticeable. And you heard Bowman mention there's about nine or ten guys. And that that, that competition, whoever does make it, I mean, they're going to have to beat out some guys who 
could probably played a decent bottom six role on a majority of the teams maybe in the league and that's it's kind of, they're kind of loaded that way and not necessarily right now guys that are, are going to be your top six guys in the lineup they're guys fighting for spots who are going to be pretty good bottom six players Christopher Stieg also scored a goal in his return. He's another one of those guys who's going to be in the mix along with the likes of Dylan Secur and John Quenville, Brendan Perlini, uh, among those players who are, are going to be battling out with a number of others. Uh, Dominic Kubelik, um, who I think has been impressive so far in camp, he scored one of the shootout goals afterwards, and uh, he was employed on a line with Brandon Saad and David Camp. Those guys were on the ice for Saad's goal to open uh, this scrimmage and Saad's goal was set up in a real impressive assist from behind the net by Oli Mata and numbers don't usually come along with Mata when he was acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Dominic Kubalik but it was a sweet feed to Brandon Saad and then later on he had a little bit of a rush up the ice and was able to meet Colin Delia to make it a 4-1 game and Oli Mata showing a little bit of offense and he is another one of those defensive guys not only defensemen in, in Mata and Calvin DeHaan, but also uh, defensively inclined like uh, Ryan Carpenter. Those are among the guys that Stan Bowman did go out in the offseason and acquire to try and shore things up defensively and on the penalty kill. And a couple of days ago, uh, after the first couple of practices of training camp, we asked Duncan Keith about whether these defensive additions can make enough of an impact to strengthen up what was the greatest weakness of a year ago and help the Blackhawks make the playoffs. When you bring in guys like Ali Mata and Calvin DeHaan and uh, you know, Carpenter, they come from good organizations that uh, teams that have won before. Uh, so it's nice to have that experience. You know, I know they're, they're young guys too, but uh, you know, gives everybody more confidence in the group that. Uh, you know, when you have that experience, I think every year you start out optimistic, and uh, this year's no different. I think everybody's excited to be back at the season going again. And, um, but, you know, we, we, we know the league is very, every team is good, and the parity around the league now is probably as good as it's ever been. And uh, so you look at other teams, and you know that they've improved too. Um, but, you know, focusing on ourselves and what we can control. And, uh, I think that uh, you know we feel we're in a good spot and a good position to have a good uh, good start, and, and it's just a matter of you know training hard, working hard right now, executing, getting on the same page as quick as we can, and and carrying that off into a, a good start into the season. Scott, there were a number of offensive opportunities in this scrimmage, so uh, it doesn't mean everything has been fixed, and you know you can. You know, look at the variables as to who is on the ice in terms of probably what were five or six breakaways total in the scrimmage here. And I don't think we can expect Ole Mata to put up double-digit goals. That'll be other guys on the roster who can certainly provide that. But it was encouraging, and the rap on him, and Jeremy Carlton even said so the other day, he's not inclined to necessarily believe it, is his foot speed. But he didn't look lost out there today by any means, and what he does have is size and reach and uh, an ability to protect the net, and he showed that, and I think the offensive stuff was just a bonus today. Yeah, I thought he looked good as well. I had heard that, too. That was kind of the report on him, but I thought he looked light on his skates, made some some great plays, and you know, we kind of talked about before how you, you expect him to just be so good on defense. So those are some really high-end offensive plays he made. And finally, as we wrap things up on ice here, it's going to be important defensively 
for the Blackhawks to tighten things up in front of Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard. So who is going to play more games? Well, that's the mystery that will continue until the season evolves. And this scrimmage started with Corey Crawford on one end for the red and Robin Leonard on the other end for the white. And Leonard, I think, stopped three one-on-one situations that we were referring to in that opening period. Um, he didn't have any chance on the Brandon Saad goal off the feed from Mata. Saad kind of snuck in between a couple of defenders. I think he was kind of surprised by Anton Vadin's snipe from that left circle. Everyone was kind of surprised what Vadin was going to do, and I think it surprised Leonard himself. Leonard is a massive goaltender. When you, I don't think we noticed it, Scott, as much when we had him at the Blackhawks convention out of uniform. But this guy is huge. And when you see a 6'4", 240-pound man on skates and in full uniform, it's pretty imposing. It almost makes Corey look small. But before we dive into some of Corey's thoughts for the, for the first time here as he spoke uh, following the acquisition of Leonard back on July 1st, this is the first time we had to gauge Corey and his opinions on that. We'll hear from him in a second. Um, uh, Leonard shows well, even though he ends up giving up two goals, but that's going to be the thing that everyone's focusing on. High danger chances. Can the Blackhawks and Mata and Keith and Dahan and those guys cut down on those to give Robin Leonard a little better sense of what life was like with the Islanders last year than what the Blackhawks were last year. Yeah, I think that'll help a lot. You heard Keith voice excitement over Mata and DeHaan and the difference those guys are going to make. Their defense is going to be better overall. And like you were saying, Leonard is surprisingly big. I think you don't think about that about him right away, maybe even when you see him. But that's a different style of goaltending. Takes up a lot of the net already, so maybe it's some kind of like quick little movements. And you know, like we touched on, made some great point blank saves. A lot of high danger uh, saves he stopped. Uh, those early breakaways so yeah i mean real real impressive from him and Corey. and um i know we're gonna get to Corey talking about him but some good honest stuff from Corey as well yeah Corey made a nice uh, glove save and a, and a backhand opportunity by matthew highmore there right at the doorstep he came away clean in the first period of play 20 minutes running clock situation here so when Corey finally reported he wasn't at the convention because he was uh, on his uh, honeymoon or uh, something similar as uh, he had gotten married the the weekend prior to the Blackhawks convention, so he was a no-show there. But it was our first chance to talk to Corey on Friday at the opening day of camp to uh, gauge his feelings about the acquisition of Leonard, sharing much more of a goalie workload if both of these netminders remain healthy for the entire 82-game schedule, and adapting to uh, perhaps a, a lower number of starts and um, having to uh, convince himself that whether he's in the net for 40 games or maybe a little bit more than 50, the way this shakes out. Here's Corey Crawford with his first thoughts publicly on the acquisition of Robin Leonard. He's a really good goaltender, obviously. Um, you know, I think that just just helps our team. Um, you know, some, some good competition between us and push each other to, uh, you know, to be at our best. So, um, you know, it's a good situation for us. I'm sure there's going to be points where both guys are going to have hot streaks. Um, so, I mean, that's that's in the hands of, uh, of our coach. Um, you know, Jeremy's going to he's going to have to decide who to go with, and um, you know, don't be afraid with just rolling with the guy if he's if he's playing well. Um, but really, it's 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 up to him, and um, our job is to to try and be at our best and push each other. You know, personally, I feel better when I play more. Um, the the game conditioning is there, little details, um, but 
um, you know, I, I'm prepared to, to, to do whatever, you know, it's whenever he calls me to go in the net, um, you know, I'll be there. So, uh, you know, it's uh, working hard and, um, you know, we're trying to get as many wins for this group as we can. It is one of those continuing storylines once the regular season does get underway to see how each of these guys handles uh, their responsibilities in net. And you heard Corey say, Jer- Jeremy's going to have to be firm. Once one guy starts to get on a roll, the other guy's just going to have to suck it up and stay as ready as possible until he is called upon. And not only from a starting goaltender situation, which takes a back burner here, but you know, there is some urgency now with this schedule after the live scrimmage on Sunday, exhibitions Monday in D.C., Tuesday in Detroit, Wednesday back here at the United Center in a rematch against the Red Wings. There's half your exhibition schedule right there in the span of less than a week from the way training camp starts. So these guys who are fighting for not only positions but where they may slot in this lineup if they're going to be traveling to Prague, there is finally some urgency to that. As we wrap up here, let, let's talk about um, the elephant in the room. No, we don't have one in our room right here, but the elephant in the building is, size-wise, that gigantic scoreboard that we had heard about that they announced back in what in the spring that something new was coming up. And it is so huge, it could probably fit a couple families of five if, if the amenities were inside. But it has everything. It goes from... Uh, beyond one blue line to beyond the opposite blue line in terms of looking at it from center ice. It's almost in a, in a rink-type shape where it's more a little bit more yeah. narrow at the end. But it is crystal clear, and uh, I think fans are going to join. I was kidding with John Weideman when he was watching the scrimmage up in the booth. I said, John, are, are you going to actually watch the action on the ice, or are you going to watch it on the scoreboard? Because it's, it's like crystal clear. It's like, it's like double vision almost. This thing is uh, massive and yet another amenity that the the Blackhawks, the Bulls, uh, the owners here at the United Center are doing for their fans, whether it's hockey, basketball, concerts, sound system as well. It's uh, it's impressive, and right now there's nothing like it in North America. Yeah, it's not just that the scoreboard's bigger. All the individual video screens are bigger that you watch the gameplay or the replays on. And, and like you said, to make it more like a rink, it is kind of like curved and, and rounded. And there's a lot going on. It's going to be interesting. We got a taste of it today, like kind of what they do during gameplay. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what each kind of like little portion of the of the screen does and all the different uh video panels but really cool we got a really good view from the press box it's pretty cool to see yeah and one of the other things they did during one of the intermissions you can play interactive games by linking up on your phone they had uh, little games you can play uh it was like a shooting contest and they have points and scores for each of the tops in, uh, top individuals, like maybe the top 10 people in points who are playing this particular game that is played out on the scoreboard. So it adds to the uh, inter interactive uh, part of this whole scene as well when you come to a Blackhawks game. I'm sure the Bulls will do the same. So we had a new scoreboard. We had a Patrick Kane bobblehead, the celebration goal, as uh, we go into the 10-year anniversary season, the celebration goal in 2010 against the, the Philadelphia Flyers with... Patrick with arms raised, no gloves, a stick on the ice celebrating. And then, uh, even though it was a scrimmage, the United Center Kitchen did you well. Uh, it, it was back in regular season form. As I, as I tweeted out, the first dish of Scott King's second period slash second intermission meal. 
Well, you said, did you? Well, I just want to make sure everyone knows I wasn't the only person eating in the press box. <laughs> the meal was for everyone. But, uh, you know, Philly cheesesteak slider, uh, macaroni and cheese, and chicken fingers. I guess they're more shaped like fingers than tenders. And look, I did not feel guilty because not only did I lose some weight this summer, I did not eat breakfast after exercising. So you know, it was I was I was bound to uh, to get some food there. Yeah, no, and you're doing a great job with the. Run. I wish I could. I wish I could run like I could back in my old days. I'm having to find alternative exercise options here. There was some broccoli on there too, though. Oh, I will point you. out. Yes. See, high five to me for pointing out the broccoli after you pointed out the Your detailed the, notes you take that you saw it. No, see, uh, I was waiting for you to say the broccoli. I wanted to save you so people just didn't think you were having And And to be fair, I did have a a snack before because I was so hungry. I had some pretzels with blueberries, as I point out to you. When you have healthy food with bad food, they cancel out. It means it equals no calories. Healthy options. So uh, we are underway. It is on now. Not only the Blackhawks hockey, but Blackhawks food uh, in addition. So as we mentioned, a real busy schedule coming up here. At Washington Monday, at Detroit Tuesday, back home against Detroit Wednesday. Maybe we'll come back at you with another podcast with with three games uh, under the belt. Uh, come you know Wednesday night, we'll probably have something for you on Thursday after we get our impressions from the first three preseason games for the Blackhawks. Uh, they come fast and furious, and before you know it, uh, the puck drop on 2019-2020 uh, will be underway. As we wrap up here, you're heading out to do a, a little bit of side work here with uh, a guy who's really raising his popularity in the comedic world. He's in town here, and you're going to get a chance to talk to him for one of your other ventures, right? Yes, thank you. Uh, for Forbes, I've done some – actually, yeah, check out, if you haven't, my uh, story on Wayne Gretzky hosting SNL. I talked to him and Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. That was fun. Kevin Nealon, I should say. That was fun. But, yeah, I'm going to interview uh, Sebastian Maniscalco right now here on Sunday afternoon at the Vic Theater. He's producing an old friend of mine, Pat McGann, who's a fabulous Chicago comedian who's did Letterman twice, a bunch of shows, and – he headlines around the country, but he opens for Sebastian, and Sebastian is producing his special. So I'm going to do a story on that, talk to both of those guys. Congratulations for, for getting that gig as well, but you know where your bread is buttered. Food reference again. We'll, uh, we'll see you back here on Wednesday for the first preseason home game. After that game against Detroit on Wednesday, the other two preseason home games at the United Center will be Saturday, uh, the 21st against Boston, and then uh, the following Wednesday, the 25th against Washington. And just uh, a day or so later, the Blackhawks are bound for overseas to get ready for that final preseason game against the Berlin team before taking uh, up against the Flyers on October 4th to open the regular campaign. And all of a sudden, uh, we are at full speed for the season. I want to thank you for joining us. also want to thank Curtis Koch for producing here. And, uh, again, thank you for listening. If you want to continue following uh, Scott at Scott King Media, that's his Twitter, at Scott King Media. I'm at at Bowden Tweets. Uh, we were back at work, Blackhawks-wise, during the, the scrimmage, and we'll continue to do so through practices and training camp on into the regular season. Don't forget to visit the Blackhawks Crazy Facebook page at facebook.com backslash blackhawkscrazy. Also check out wgnradio.com for all of uh, Scott's Chelsea blogger work. And we encourage you to subscribe to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast on iTunes. Of course, leave a review. And if you subscribe to the podcast, we'll be ready for you there as soon as it is available. So thanks again for listening. We'll come back at you a little bit later in the week after preseason game number three here Wednesday against the Detroit Red Wings. Have a good week, everyone.